now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. Heavy traffic during 4-5, gotta hustle on the own time. Color people every port side, we just people from the north side. Want some teammates at the shore fine, winter ready on the four ties. Heavy traffic during 4-5, gotta hustle. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, live here at Destiny Wrestling in Canada. Big Damo, you're back. Welcome to Big Damo to Straight Talk. First time, not back with me, back in Canada though. But how's it? Years, years since I was last in Canada. Yeah, yeah. How's it feel to come back? Great. Like I always like. So I was a big fan of growing up. Like a lot of my favorite wrestlers were Canadians. So I used to know all the territories and all the towns and everything when I was when I was a kid. And don't ask me now. I might. I might like Manitoba. You know. But uh, but I remember because I was so obsessed. You know, whether it was Brett or whether it was uh, Lance Storm, Jericho, whatever. Everybody who was coming through at the time. Like um, I became like. So I didn't really understand that there was a massive difference in America and Canada until I got older and went, ah, okay, to be like Ireland, Northern Ireland, and stuff like that. So, you know, you start to understand that there is a massive difference, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, uh, it's been brilliant being back. The last time I was here, I think I wrestled the Usos um, in Toronto. So it's very cool being back, and it's a lot of fun. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of young talent coming through right now, and I'm seeing a lot of old faces that I've seen at different parts of my journey. So today's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Speaking of that journey, I loved your time in WWE. I thought everything that you did over there was special, especially the NXT stuff. You went crazy, like to see a man your size jumping from the top and stuff like that. What do you think about the stigma that, like, nowadays a lot of big men have broken that stigma down of we can do what the high flyers do. We can go crazy. Do you still think there are some people that believe a big man is just better as a monster or they believe that a big man can be over the top and can do those crazy things when needed? I think like it comes down to an individual basis. I mean, when Bam Bam Bigelow was doing what he was doing, like it didn't affect that you know that, that Undertaker was doing very little. You know, later on Undertaker was able to showcase what he could do and whatever. You know, it didn't really matter. It comes down to an individual. Like Vader isn't necessarily known for the fact that he did a really good moonsault, right? He's more known that he destroyed people, you know what I mean? And uh, maybe the maybe the double Vader bomb is one of my favorites, you know, the the, the Luna Vachon. But um honestly, like individual basis, I think like the stigma's changed a lot. If you watch how basketball plays these days, you know, a, a center nowadays is probably one of the most athletic guys on the team. Whereas, you know, when I was a kid, a center didn't move. You know, they were they were literally there for the block party and that's about it. Whereas now, you know, a center can hit a three-pointer and it's seen as a normal thing. So, you know, real sports, everything else, you know, there, there has been a massive difference. And um, so for me, I, I think it's one of those things, if you've got a guy who's six foot 10, um, it'd be very cool if he, if he did choke slams and nothing else, right? But he might be super athletic, so maybe why not showcase it? We're in, we're in that kind of in that kind of time. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to the stigma, as you're saying, I think that stigma got broken a long time ago, uh, and I was very lucky that you know people saw worth in what I was doing coming through the Indies, uh, and I got an opportunity to do it on the world stage. But don't get me wrong, I know that there's plenty of people who maybe didn't get that same opportunity. But I was able to tick other boxes. You know, I, I had a big hair, beard, everything else. I look like a troll, so I think I, I've got every every belief and understanding that I didn't probably get signed because I could do a coast to coast in a 16-foot ring. I probably get signed because I, I look the way I did. So I think there, that is probably the balance, realistically. Like if you're athletic and everything else, that's great. But what else you got? You know what I mean? And, and that is the key for for anybody coming through. Absolutely. Now let's talk the NXT run because you were part of the black and gold brand. You were part of when it was like at the height of its popularity, even doing better, in my opinion, than the main shows. And I'll put my stamp on that. That roster was untouchable back in the day. What was it like being in the faction that you were in and, and, and traveling around with the minds like Eric Young and Nikki Cross? Like you were, 
you were in one of the coolest factions that NXT ever had, in my honest opinion, Insanity. Oh, thank you very much. Um, for overall question that you asked, her, you know, like how was it being in that time? It was amazing because a lot of the guys who we were on that show with, I, I'd been on the Indies with and like uh, traveled the world with, wrestled all over the place. So it was it was one of the coolest rosters I'd ever been a part of because it was like a bunch of good guys who wanted to go out and girls who wanted to go out and have the best matches without tearing each other down and that was really cool at the time it was really fun to be a part of um, but when you're talking about sanity that was incredible like so i got the wrestler like young for impact wrestling earlier on that year it was maybe like the january um, and then i got put into sanity in the december or whatever it was and i i i got to have a, a little taste of, of how smart eric is how great he is when i was wrestling but getting to spend time with him traveling with him and getting to know him as a person was one of the coolest experiences of my life um Alexander Wolf, I knew from Germany. We met a couple of times. He ended up becoming one of my best friends. So like, you know, and then obviously Nikki, you know, I kind of like my wife. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> she's, she's she's pretty awesome, you know. Um, but honestly, so Sanity was was that that year and a half maybe that was just so cool for me. Um, the fact, like, one of my my coolest moments that throughout that whole period. Yes, the matches and everything else. But I remember, I think it was uh, 2K18 or 2K19. They used Sanity as the the, the first advertisement for the game. And that was like one of those fucking wow moments for us. Um, because like, you know, it could be John Cena, it could be Rey Mysterio, whatever. They chose Sanity and it was the first game where four people could play in a team or something like that. And they used us as the uh, example. So that was very cool. Um, but yeah, like honestly, everything that happened, whether it was when we did uh, TakeOver in Orlando, it was the first time all four of us actually teamed up together. Uh, and the crowd just lost it and we were the opener of the night. So. And I've been a big Orlando Magic fan since 1993, I think it was. So to do it in the Amway Center was pretty fucking cool for me as well. So a lot of things, you know, were pretty cool that night. But yeah, the matches we had, war games, all these things, you know, were, were amazing experiences. Uh, and the, the, the real reason why it worked for NXT was so good was just that roster was just wicked. And everybody was out there to help as opposed to hinder each other. Uh, that 20 years before that, that probably was never going to be the case. It was nuts that that was that time, that window. Um, and I think the crowd really responded to what we were trying to do, and it, it just all came together at that time. So, yeah, it was really cool to be a part of. Um, it, it'll never necessarily, you never necessarily get that back, but the next thing that they'll create, I'm sure, will be will be just as fun to watch. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know what I always find it hard is that whenever somebody from NXT does get called up to that main roster, whatever worked in NXT doesn't seem to translate some reason to the main roster. And I always felt like Sanity was a missed opportunity on the main roster, and it wasn't used to its full potential. I'm not asking you to create any drama with the question, but are you on the same thought process that I am in terms of that Sanity could have been something really cool, like a, a new age ministry of darkness in a way that was never tapped into? Absolutely. Like, and there's no heat on this. Like, they, they, don't believe I've made a hundred mistakes with people. and it's going, to, it's going to continue to happen because it's, it's one person's opinion versus another person's opinion versus another person. You know, sadly, that's, that's the way it goes. But when it comes to, to Sanity in the main roster, you know, when you take Nikki out of the, the team, that, that was a massive, um, a massive part of what we were. Uh, she was the, the, almost like the driving force of, of what Sanity became. It was her and Alexander Wolf's energy they brought to the table. It's what turned us baby face in the first place. Um, so when you take one of the elements out of it, you, you're kind of hamstringing the, the, the group right from the off. Um, and then, you know, our, a lot of it comes down to timing. It comes down to who's fighting for you in the rooms, you know, and like, I, 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 for, I have every belief that we had people fighting for us and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's the way it works. There's been teams, uh, wrestlers here better than me who didn't succeed half as much in WWE as I did. So, you know, it, 
a lot of it comes down to luck, a lot of it comes down to timing, everything else. Um, what I will say is the, the time that we did have, the matches we did have, the experiences we did have, you know, have changed my life um, financially, uh, you know, artistically, uh, and very like a, a bunch of others because, you know, without that experience, I don't know where I'd be right now. I don't know who I'd be right now. So I'm very happy with, with the way my life has went and the way, I, like, my personally, the way my career went. Um, but was there a missed opportunity? Of course there was, you know, but I'd be the first of maybe a hundred other wrestlers who'd say we could have done better, you know. Um, but realistically, like, you know, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. You know, thankfully, none of us got injured. None of us had major issues. You know, we're, we're all still alive and kicking right now. We're all wrestling. We're all, we're all having a time of our lives. So when I look at it that way, it's, it's uh, not too bad. <laughs> absolutely. It absolutely isn't. And, of course, myself, you know, I'm half Scottish myself. So me and Nikki, we have that kind of special bond. Wow. We wow. do. We have that yeah. special bond because we're, we're both Scottish. And I'm not saying the U.K. is a beautiful part of the world. But Scotland just it hits different. We're special. We're very cool. I, I, Nikki is definitely special, you know, and, and there's very many meanings to that one word. So, but uh, no, I lived in Scotland for 13 years. You know, I, I did my very best to uh, to understand it. I love haggis, you know. Nikki doesn't like haggis, you know. So that's it. Your Scotland card has been revoked, Nikki. Sorry, straight up. Uh, it's funny the amount of people who don't like it. But I think it's fantastic. I love it. I love it too. You're absolutely. I I agree with you 100. percent One more question. I'll let you go prepare for the night ahead. But in terms of the legacy that is Big Damo, building your name on the Indies, having that opportunity in WWE, and now back on the Indies, doing your thing, being you, being happier, you look fantastic. You look like you're ready to just tear the fucking house down tonight. What was it like kind of returning to the Indies and getting back that feeling that made you fall in love with pro wrestling the first time around? Well, WWE isn't necessarily the art for the, for the pro wrestler because it's somebody else's art that we're, we're going out there and we're going to try and do. On the independence, it's our art, you know what I mean? So we, you get your chance to go out and tell a story the way you want to tell it. You know, that is the major difference. And, like, listen, we, we you know, our face fits the, the, the casting call for all of us at the time. So, you know, that's what you sign up for with the doubly. Um, but right, when you come outside of it, you know, you get to use what you've learned from it. You get to take what you, 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 you know, you've been able to learn from the legends. Like, when I think of everybody I met throughout that journey, who've, you know, been able to chime in with, with, with little nuggets here or... or you know, I, I got to spend a long time with Shawn Michaels. I got to spend a long time with Finlay and all, all these people who I've idolized. You know, my, my entire life. You know, my entire wrestling life, especially. Um, so realistically, you know, for me, it was a a great opportunity to take what I learned there with what I already knew, and then be able to tell new stories that I wasn't able to tell before. You know, whether on the Indies previously, where I, I was more focused, not necessarily on the story, is more focused on getting noticed. Whereas now my focus is 100% on the story um, because I'm at that point in my career where I'm not, uh, I'm not in, a, in a panic to, to I don't, don't have, like I had a time limit because I was 31 when I got signed. So you know, there, there, I'd been wrestling for 11, 12 years at that point. So I realized in those years leading up to the WWE that I needed to make every effort I could to, to, to make, make a, a major event happen in my life. I'm in that situation now where I can go, right, what, what do we need for this story? What do we need to do? How do we need to tell it? And that's been the most fun part of this. And they've been able to explain to younger guys who are coming through that there, there's another way to look at, you know, when you're planning matches and, and you're, you're struggling, maybe you, you can't come to an agreement um, with, with opponents or promoters or whatever else, but there's always a way that you can get your philosophy across without coming off as a cunt. <laughs> um, 
But that, you can you can you can you can edit that out. Whatever. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I just don't fucking worry about. It. I swear all the time, but, my friend. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's been one of the fun. I was in Ireland there uh, wrestling last weekend, and I was speaking to a bunch of kids who were coming through who are maybe struggling where they've lost the crowd in certain parts. So I was able to like explain to them, listen, you've lost them here because at this point you chose to do this instead of this. Whereas if you maybe had a chose to do this, you might have kept them going and maybe they would have been right there for the finish. But I'm able to tell them that because I have done exactly what they did. I, I've lost the crowd a hundred times. I, I've you know made the wrong decisions. I've put too much in in the back end of a match. And, and definitely things have not went the way I wanted it to go. So being able to, from that experience, be able to explain that to people and, and then maybe sit down and watch a match with them and explain, okay, this is why it happened here. This is why that happened there. And that's helped me because I, I've loved this business. I've loved this industry since I was... Fuck, four years old, right? Um, so trying to, I'm not at a point where I'm so entrenched in it <laughs> um, that it's now, you know, it is my life and it is it is a huge part of, of what I do. You know, it's what is my living and everything else. So because of that, you know, I want to try and think about it in a in a 4D way almost. You know, it, go, go in that extra dimension so that I can try and explain it to the next group coming after me who will hopefully not make the same mistakes I did or they can do it, have a better way of preparing but if they do make those mistakes, that they can get out of it faster, they can they can move on faster. You know, I was unlucky, you know, at the very start of my career that I didn't necessarily have the right people around me. But over the years that followed, you know, I ended up being blessed with the people who I ended up meeting and, and ended up learning from. So I'm hoping that in my, my this phase of my career, I can help be one of those people who, who can help the people who, who are around, especially the younger ones coming through. Uh, and hopefully they can learn from my mistakes because it's the only way that this industry is going to be better in five years, ten years, twenty years is if we learn from each other's mistakes as opposed to being doomed to repeat them. So. <laughs> I think that's an awesome way to end this conversation, Dan. Well, thank you so my much pleasure. for the time, my friend. If you could do me one favor, look at the camera, tell them how much fun we had in this conversation, and they should subscribe to Straight Talk Wrestling because my daughter's adorable and I ask pretty good questions. How did I beat that? Yeah, what he said. That was wicked. You know? <laughs> I'm Big Demo. Subscribe to this man and his daughter. She's better than him. <laughs> and I know it. Thank you so much, sir. Guys, that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next week. Peace. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday night main event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok. And of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't need a nigga cosign. Without the liquor, you become a victim. You ain't never got a pole mine. I ain't messing with this generation. Fuck your gender, I ain't got...